This is Strange Assembly, episode 85, A Study in Static. Welcome back to Strange Assembly, your podcast about tabletop gaming, RPGs, card games, board games, we do whatever it is. Today, we're here to talk about Android Netrunner. I am, as always... Chris Stevenson. Here with me today are Jay Earl. Hack the planets! <laughs> and from uh, our nation's capital, uh, David Kempe. Ew. And Lucas Cook. Howdy. Alright. We are mostly going to talk about the newest data pack, A Study in Static, and hopefully this time they will not drop yet another data pack in between when we record and when I have finished editing and upload the episode, like happened with Cyber Exodus. Uh, disagree. These things can't come fast enough. <laughs> I, I'm hoping the last one comes before regionals. I'd like to see a full set to play, build decks with. Uh, well, that is not possible here. For me, it is. So mm. I'm hoping the same thing. So before we get into a study in static, I know... Jay and I recently played at a local tournament. Uh, note to self, go sell full bleed copies of Melange Mining Corp on eBay. <laughs> oh, that's so tempting. Yeah, it's not even tempting. I'm going to do it. <laughs> but they're so pretty. They're extremely they are. pretty, but I can buy another data pack. <laughs> see, it is... Well, see, see, this is what I liked about the our, our tournament day was that we had we had a Legend of the Five Rings tournament and then sort of had a Star Wars LZG tournament and then had the Netrunner tournament. But because I I won the Legend of the Five Rings tournament and then I got thirty five dollars in store credit, which I used to buy a Force Pack, a Data Pack, and pay for my entry into the Netrunner tournament. So it was a great day for me. I thought. I, <laughs> <laughs> like five dollars for my whole day and two expansion packs yeah i'll take it so i we don't want to spend too long going into the uh the individual bits i i ran hospitalroid and criminal i'm sure that i was the only person running those factions i did well with my hb and not as well with my, my criminals but i i think that the two observations that i had which both turned out to be about ice was that uh I was playing with pop-up window and found it incredibly worthless. I completely disagree. You just have to you, you have to keep in mind pop-up window is a slow, not a stop. So you put it you have to place it that way. I almost think you have to think of it as not ice. No, well, yeah, it is. You can uh, the only uh, I've talked about this before. The only success I've had with this pop-up window is by putting more subroutines on it. Yeah, you mentioned that. But I threw them in because I wanted to play with it instead of... And effectively, that was in... in those That three influence was instead of Ice Wall. And it was... Oh, no. Yeah, well... <laughs> well, I was, I was trying to replace, you know, something else low-end. But it was just... Like, it was never worth the card. The, like, it's basically an economy. It's not really ice. It doesn't stop or... I mean, it slows. It's just stealing a bit on occasion is basically what it does. And right, that yes. just did not feel like it was worth the card slot or the increased, especially when you lose a little bit of that money back by the fact that 
if you throw it like late game, it's lousy. You want to be able to like play it early so that they have to run through it repeatedly so you can take more little mini tolls off of it. And you want to put it somewhere where they're running often, which means that it's often somewhere that as the game goes on, you want to put more ice on and that it makes all your later ice more expensive. But I don't well, know. That was. I, I like putting it in front of my resource fort because that way if they do go in to go trash my naked men or pad campaign or whatever, at least I get a little bit of money back out of it. I, I like putting it in front of expensive resources, particularly marked accounts or pad campaign. And, and just it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that wouldn't be, yeah, you, I guess you yeah, throw it out there on the perimeter as the thing that where I was going to put my naked pad campaign anyway. Right, yeah. exactly. And something as an anti-inside job. Uh, That's the other thing. It will stop an inside job like, whoa. Congratulations, you just inside jotted around a pop-up window, you're now running face-first into an archer. Have fun! <laughs> yeah, it, it's not that it's useless, it's just that it never felt like it was worth the slot. And and, and the influence, if you're not in... Right, I, certainly I, I, not worth the slot in... Uh, unless you have some way to specifically use it, or you're not playing NBN. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is I was playing NBN, so I'm not losing influence to play it. So that probably biases my cost benefit on the card. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I was when we had talked about Chimera or Chimera or however we chose to pronounce it, Steve. We chose. We just we didn't choose. I yeah, we didn't choose. All... Each of us chose individually. Kind well, that. That's how I spell how I pronounced it. That works one for each head. Well, we we collectively did not seem to think that that was worth it, and yet I saw it all over the place at the tournament. In the tournament that I was playing in, I think I was the only one. I was the only person I saw running it, which is sort of an interesting difference there. Well, I mean, firstly, you have to keep in mind that it's a faction-free ice that does have an end-the-run subroutine. So, for some factions, that can be hard to come by, necessarily. Jinteki. Yes. Uh. <laughs> uh, the other thing to keep in mind is, early game, it's kind of bad, but it still ends the run. Late game, yeah, it's atrocious, get rid of it, but by late game, you should have better ice anyway. Middle game is where it shines, where they've got the one breaker, but so being able to pick what they can't break is great. Yep. Because, I mean, really, stage two, where Kamira shines, is where the corp wants to live anyway, so... I thought the corp wanted to live in... Oh, that's right, in your stage two, yes. Because stage three, in your standard, is where the runner has now the uber rig that they can just break through everything anyway. Right, but my stage is, stage three is where the runner has set up their rig, and it's just a question of how much does it cost them to get in. Yeah. Yeah, although I do think the most depressing thing about Chimera, as someone who runs Hospiroid, is accelerated beta testing into it. <laughs> I have seen that happen. It's hilarious. Hey, I accelerated beta test into a pop-up window. That's almost as bad. Uh, let's just keep in mind... Windows stays up. I know, I know. Let's just keep in mind, both of those are still significantly better than the three agenda I've seen happen, so... (laughs) I've never whiffed that badly. I've whiffed pretty bad, but never that badly. Yeah, I've seen it once. What made it worse was the uh, runner was noise, 
So he was going at the discard pile anyway? <laughs> uh, two hedge funds and a chimera. I think that's the worst one that I've done. Yeah. I've done a archive memories, a biotic labor and an agenda. That hurts. Poor baby. So Lucas, you, so you did run chimera while nobody else in your environment was. Did you have any particular reason that you wanted to run it that's different from what Jay was saying? I just liked, so I run Hospiroid, which means I run all of the sentries. Just all of them ever. And I wanted a way to have more code gates and barriers without taking four cards to do it. So I did two chimeras and I didn't really have a better option um, because of the way I chose to spend my influence. I didn't spend a lot of it on ice. I spent it on other things that are a little bit more interesting and more fun and frankly, kind of mean. <laughs> you have any interesting observations you made at the, the recent tournaments before we get into study and static? Yeah, I didn't see, I saw a lot more people running Jinteki than I expected. And for people running noise than I expected. Yeah, I mean, I still think Jinteki is one of the most fun to play, but I also feel like it's so luck-based, if nothing else, that it, I don't want to take it to a tournament. Uh, we had a Jinteki player at our tournaments who ended up in the top four. Oh, I'm not saying you can't do well with it. I'm just like, saying that it's so hard to do well with it and just... Some bad luck on your part can just completely screw you that I don't want to count on that for tournament play. Just me. I'm hoping that every new data pack that comes out, I go, maybe this one is the one where Jinteki becomes, like, competitive, good enough, <laughs> and it's still not come. Maybe the next one. Pushing there. I don't know. <laughs> I did get to kill someone with snare out of my HB deck, so I don't know why I need to run the run Jinteki. <laughs> no, like Hospiroid has such open influence that snare is a fantastic play in Hospiroid. I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, anyway. I, yeah, like I think I've said, my my sort of default is I need to come up with a reason not to use the influence for snare. There may be there may well be a reason that I just need it somewhere else, but the, the biggest reason to not use the influence for snare is if your economy is tight. Well I was thinking the biggest reason not to use the influence for snare is that you're playing tag and bag and you're not Wayland and you need to import your Your bags. Yeah. I got flatlined out of I think Arnon may have act, Arnon was was Arnon playing Jinteki? Arnon was I got Flatlined by, I got tagged with an NBN card and then flatlined with a Wayland card against the Jinteki deck. Yeah, that was hilarious. Like what the? Uh, I was not really waiting for the. Uh, yeah, here's ten influence in one hand <laughs> against the Jinteki deck. Which is why I feel like Jinteki can splash a scorched earth and have a cup couple ways to hit it, and they don't expect it. They've been taking so much net damage that one is enough to finish. Well, it, it, you can't just splash Scorched Earth. First, you have to splash ways to give them tags, which Jinchecki doesn't really do. Uh, uh, snare? I do not want to rely on my opponent running into my tri- I, I, Heck, then I don't need to snare them. I could just neural EMP them. Why not? Uh, <sighs> uh. <laughs> anyway... 
Moving on. Yes. Okay. So a study in static. I guess we can just start with the uh, Jinteki cards. And I, I somehow don't think, uh, Kempi, that you liked what Jinteki got here since, uh, well. That, since it's bad? It's not that it's bad, it's not what they, not what they needed. They got a assets that cost more than they, than they're getting from it, and that will get trashed almost immediately. In my experience. I mean, yes, but that doesn't necessarily make it bad, because it costs you one, it costs the runner three to trash it. I would It costs you three. It costs you three, but you're only resing well, yeah, yeah, it because you get two back. So it net, it net costs you one. It costs the runner three to trash it. And it's, keep in mind, it takes them an action, if not two, to actually trash it. Yes. So, but again, at this point in the game, having a card that I would not play the card that says pay one cre- credits, uh, and a click to force the runner to lose three credits. I don't think. No, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not saying it's it's great, but I I think it's got a place in the wide Jinteki deck. The problem is that if you're running against the wide Jinteki deck, the like many servers, you res the dedicated server while they're on a run on your central server, and now they can run on dedicated server. True. And the other one's another Psy-Ice, which I I hate them all. Yeah, Bullfrog would be amusing if it weren't for the, oh, we have some chance of it not hitting, let's spend some extra credits on Jinteki that's already broke. I mean, if it was just straight up, let's move Bullfrog and the runner somewhere else, that would be an amusing ice. But the bidding war is now. It would be amusing, and I would run it. As it is, I don't think I would run Bullfrog. Actually, that's a lie. I would not run Bullfrog, and I know that because I've built in Checky decks, and they don't run Bullfrog. Yeah, I I loathe this card. It's terrible. It is not... I, I don't know how they did it. They made a be- card that is not as bad as Snowflake, but is still terrible. Yeah, well... It, it comes back to, to me, the big problem is Jinteki has no recourse to punish the runner for jacking out. If Bullfrog would be much better if it was, I'm going to Bullfrog you in front of my Neural Katana, and now you take three to the face. But instead it's, I'm going to spend a credit or two to Bullfrog you in front of, and oh, it's really end the run. No thanks. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's not going to help. Let's see, your NBN, J. there's, I think, kind of a dearth of uh, six-cost ice, but here's one for NBN in the form of Ouroboros. What do you think? I like Ouroboros. I actually like Ouroboros better than Bullfrog for Jinteki. (laughs) Again, for the wide deck, because you put that in front of, like, Archives, you hit that first trace, and now Archives... They can no longer just have the free run at archives to get somewhere better. But I mean, even in faction, just stopping the runner dead cold from running, very powerful effect. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, well, I'll say worst case scenario, I guess your opponent's 
Kate. Hit his Kate, and then you yeah. nothing happened. But barring that, you know, non-shaper, worst case, you pluck four credits out of him. Right. Yeah. That's worth my time. <laughs> and then Net Police. I uh, think Net Police is a card that is waiting for some faction other than Shaper to have Link. Yes, Net Police is a card that I'm very happy it is available as meta, but right now the environment is not such that I would want to play it. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's what mostly like during the first trace each turn your runner your opponent doesn't have any link. Right. Effectively, yes. Yeah, ish. Or I mean I guess you get to choose when you but so I guess that's an improvement. That doesn't seem like a big pickup for NBN though. Wayland got the new identity. Wayland got Oversight AI. Yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. Wayland got a lot of toys out of this set, let's be honest. Are you they, forgetting green level clearance? Yeah, the the purple Wayland card? Yes, the purple Wayland card. And government tra- contracts. Also uh, quality, yes. Wayland now has a, the transaction deck. They have the deck that their entire economy is transactions, nothing in their deck can be trashed normally, so anything that has recurring credits for trashing cards is useless, and the deck works, which is kind of scary. Yeah, it is really scary. Mike's put one together, and it's a very powerful deck. But so, on their new identity... I think if there were more than two playable, advanceable ices, that would be mediocre. But as it is, it's just terrible. I mean, I would much rather have an extra... not not be losing the click to advance the ice, have it be, at the start of your turn, pay one to advance an ice, rather than not having to pay the money for it. Yeah, the the actual identity. Now that Wayland has reached critical mass in transactions, I'm not sure that they were going to be able to overcome the uh, the base identity. No, 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 certainly not. And technically, Wayland does have four cards that they can, four ice they can advance. It's just two of them are never going to see play, as far as I can tell. Uh, three of them are never going to see play. There are two playable, Hadrian's Wall and Ice Wall. Shadow, Shadow is playable if you need a ice to advance, which okay. Rapidex actually does. Uh, the other two are not. Okay, Shadow barely makes the cut in, in that, in, if you're counting on advancing your ice. Yeah. If you're counting on advancing your ice, they have two and a half. Yeah. And neither of them are the new ones. No. Speaking of the new ones, Tyrants. We don't like this card. Is this true? He's too expensive. And you have to let them run through it, res it, and then come back and advance it later, right? Right, yes. They get to know about it. It's too expensive, and it's not strong enough. Well, this is one of the rulings that they just came out with, uh, how Oversight... I, oversight AI reacts with these cards. If you Oversight AI Tyrant and then don't advance it, and they run on it, Oversight AI does not trash the ice. 
Yes, because you did not break any, much less all of its subroutines. Exactly. So I guess that is one way to be able to advance it first, but... Yes, or you could have just oversight AI'd an archer. Yeah, right. That's interesting. How does that ruling interact with Chum, though? So Chum I thought checks, that went the other way. No, Chum checks... Uh, oversight AI checks for broken subroutines... There and are Chum none. breaks for no broken subroutines. Got exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. Chum checks for any unbroken subroutines. Right. So HB, uh, as you noted, gets green level clearance. Huzzah! HB might play it. Hotspire uh, might play it. Wayland will. When you look at it compared to Beanstalk... It costs one, and you get to draw a card, which you sometimes want to do. When you, I mean, I guess that's better than Beanstalk, but you don't play Beanstalk out of... Out of faction. Out of faction. So right. that's not saying much. Right. I mean, the corp places significantly less emphasis on card draw. Yes. That's why Diesel is in all card, all decks, or most of the decks I play, and Anonymous Tip is in none of them. Yeah, I mean, really, if I... I don't, maybe it isn't. Maybe it even isn't better than Beanstalk. I mean, I'm, I'm giving up a credit for a card, which is basically a click either way. But you know what? I use clicks to randomly take credits as the court way more than I use clicks to randomly take cards. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're playing HB, it's a big deal that it's not faction. There's really no way you're going to use up faction to get it. But no, I've got plenty of options already in HB. Right. I mean. Wayland definitely plays it just because it's a transaction. HB may play it because they're not it's not costing them anything and it's it's still a good card. I don't think either of the other two is going to touch it. Yeah, oh no, no way. And then the final one is Hourglass, which is funny because it's a it's a situational ice sort of. Do you, I mean how much do you judge this as a situational ice like I I want to wait and put it out in front of my other ice so that they then can't click to break it. And how much are you just happy to be like, eh, I'll, I'll let them just make them do this the last thing on their turn? I think it depends on if you're playing Jinteki. Oh, yes, it's great. And this is another one, to my mind, Jinteki loves to pr- put this in front of their archives because it takes the runner from free run at archives to get some more good to ignoring archives. Yeah, I, I was going to say, uh, the, the last. it feels like the last things that Jinchecki needs is something that says end the run, but I suppose in those circumstances it effectively does say end the run on this right. turn. Right, well, I mean, again, Hourglass, I'd probably only put one or two in, in the new Jinchecki identity, to put in front of my archives as the only thing there, and then it's effectively shutting down archives as a central server the runner can go against to get somewhere better. Yeah, you have to run on something hopefully real before you can go and, and grab what's on my remote server. Yeah, I did see a lot, and and the new... I'm trying to remember if I saw a Jinteki deck at the tournament that was not the new identity. I did. Yeah. The, the guy that was doing really well, he was playing the base identity at our our tournament. The guy that placed. We skipped the card. We skipped government contracts. Okay. 
It's good. It's good. Done. Game <laughs> 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 okay, set. Moving on. And then there's one more. I think there's just the one generic corp card. False lead. I don't like forfeiting my agendas. Maybe that's silly. That's probably silly. It's it's just like the people who are like, I don't like Jazam Jin because it makes me lose his life. Lose his life, but still. <laughs> I feel like false lead is made for a tag and bag deck. I, I feel like the point of false lead is to stop the runner in their tracks so you can finish setting up your your kill. Oh, you just took a tag? You were going to use your, your last two actions to shake those two tags you got? No. Yeah. Well, I, I also like it in uh, the new Gentechi identity because, again, it shuts them out from your better things where if they do anything for their first action that's not run a central server, they're not getting it a remote server that turn. Yes. Plus, Gentechi is severely lacking in the three-point agendas, which you can just sort of hang out and then score in a turn. They are lacking in three-point agendas, and so that's something. But the, the sort of downside, it feels like... I mean, for Gentechi, that's a lot of work. I have to go to the bother of scoring this agenda, probably so I can just score another agenda later. Sometimes maybe... I kind of feel like maybe I should just expend my efforts to try to score a real agenda in the first place. Well, the thing is, you can... Cup game? I'm... Shell game. You can shell game oh. false lead into play, into your score pile. You can't really shell game Nisei into your score pile. Yes, well, at least it's good to remember that Jinteki does have one insanely good card. Yes. Yes. Jinteki has... One and only one insanely good card. <laughs> I am waiting for them to get anything. Well, I don't. I don't want. I mean, let's. I mean, let's not overstate things. Okay, Jinteki may be worse, but it's not like if I show up with a Jinteki deck, I feel like I don't have a chance. It is good enough that I can enjoy playing it, even in a competitive environment because I don't feel like I'm just getting run over completely which is I mean there's a big difference between between those two states of affairs it's weak but I can play it versus oh my god I can't even show up with this it's good enough it's smart enough and doggone it somebody likes it (laughs) the problem with Jinteki and the problem with any Jinteki decks I've been able to build is that Jinteki wants to flatline the runner, and a careful runner will just keep drawing cards. So, if you're playing a careful runner, you have to deck your opponents. Yes. Which takes time, which you don't have in a tournament format. Yeah. Not only that, but unless the runner is really unlucky, by the time you have decked them, they probably will have drunkenly stumbled into a couple of agendas. Yes. Hopefully, the couple of agendas they stumbled into were were fetal AIs. Yes. And, I mean, that's what I was saying about I don't want to take Jinteki to a tournament, is you have to get lucky, or rather, the runner needs to not get lucky enough to stumble into your actual agendas instead of your traps. Eh, 
I still think it's also, yes, the runner can avoid dying, but I don't know that your goal with Jinteki doesn't have to actually be kill the runner. If you have to spend three clicks every other turn drawing cards after, you know, getting your hand shredded, and so you can't go in after things. So I can, you you know, I your hand gets neural katonated, and then, and then I can drop an agenda, and, okay, you got one card in your hand, what you gonna do? You can't come in here and run on me. There's a value to doing damage, even if you're never killing them. Is all I guess all I'm saying. Sure, no, but I mean, yes, but that means that your deck is going to be very, very unfocused, which is problematic. Also, at that point, you're hoping that you slow down the the runner, so you're you're hoping that either they're brash and you manage to accidentally kill them because they don't draw quite enough cards, or to my mind, it comes down to luck of they make their one random turn run on uh, your deck and they find an agenda instead of your trap. Well, I mean, isn't that inherent to any corp to some extent though? Or, you know, it's, that is a, a huge and unavoidable luck element. Sure. Net runner is that turn where you get to an unimpeded run at their deck. Is there just some piece of ice on top and you stop or do you, I hit two agendas in a row Sure, I mean, off of my opponent, yeah. I, I, I have, I mean, I've played a deck with my MBN against Noise where I saw two pieces of ice, four of them hit agendas off the top of my deck, he ran at archives one, like, third turn. So, luck is certainly a large factor in the game. Yes. Uh, but, uh, let's see, on the runner side, Anarch got three cards, Disruptor? I... I I don't want officially to play terrible that. now yeah. that they ruled that you can't prevent the trace after the corpus bid. And we had some discussion about this in the false lead really. I mean this that to make sense to me. It's probably unfortunate that there that there had to be like an official ruling that the rules weren't clear enough. But it, it's sort of like most of the time if you're going to counter an effect you have to counter it right away you know like you can't wait and see if there's some part of the effect that is oh and then they may spend money you can't wait and see what happens first uh yeah but still yeah i i don't see any point to that force of nature wait wait, doesn't anarch have yog yes yes Um, i do does anybody want three copies of force of nature cheap Cheap, cheap. <laughs> Make that six. <laughs> I guess we could at least say that, right, it can enhance its strength. Let's remember, although, you know, the whole yog on Dinosaurus or whatever is ridiculous, It you don't always have Dinosaurus out. They do have some code gates that are bigger, but yeah, that's still not impressive. Doesn't right. Edric have Data Sucker? <laughs> and ice carver. And yeah, I mean, like, Parasite. yes, all of the well, viruses. I feel the same way about Force of Nature as I did about Peacock. I'm glad they got an infection option if they want a boostable code gate breaker. 
but I don't see myself ever actually playing the card. Well then. If my influence on in my criminal deck is ever insanely tight, because they release a card in a different faction that I absolutely have to run in my criminal deck, I can see running Peacock. I can never see running Force of Nature. No, yeah. Okay, well then the last one is Scrubber. You could have little mini wizards sitting over there on the side. Or or I can combine them to make Super Wizard. Because, you know, I need to be spending five or seven credits a turn trashing cards. <laughs> hey, that makes that private markets free. Hmm? Yeah, and? So, Scrubber is good against the Drip factions. So, what, that's NBN and Jinteki? Which are, I mean, of course, known for their economy. And so ahead of the field. I mean, you clearly need to be running three of these. (laughs) Yeah, that does not seem... It just seems hard to make it up and worth it. To make it worth it. Especially since once you've paid the click to install it, you have to probably pop three things with it before it is really making up for itself. And Right. Plus, I mean, the the advantage of Wizard being able to do that is he's on the board from the start, so the Corp has to play differently around him. This could just randomly show up last turn, and who cares? Yeah. yeah. And doesn't Anarch have Imp that trashes things better? Yes. Well, that's at least a program, I guess. I, that's especially the thing, like, Disruptor needed to be a program. I. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, yeah. Anarch. And Anarch has enough memory. Kind of tight. Hmm. Kind of? Yeah, they're a little bit tight. They're a lot bit tight. On, on the other hand, with Disruptor, you add one word to it, suddenly it goes in my deck. Virus. <laughs> Viruses get virus tokens. Where are the tokens? Disruptor gains a token to look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Spell needs more power. Let's see, Criminal gets a new console. Which is so much fun. Oh, oh, love, love, love this card. So much. I think the best part of this card is the faction cost. What are you putting it in, then? Uh, Anarch? Anarch. Well, wait, 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 wait. But but your Anarch deck is not running Dinosaurus? Or Grimmer? Or Spinal Modem? Spinal Modem? No, my Anarch deck is not running Spinal Modem. Okay, but okay. it is running one of the other two. Yeah. It's probably usually running Grimoire. But Doppelganger, the influence in that means that I will probably want to splash it into a different deck sometimes. I run it in a criminal deck, for the record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the criminals also get Crescentus. Crescentus? Uh, yep. Crescentite. <laughs> this card has two things that I like about it. The first one is that it is something else other than emergency shutdown that derezzes ice. 
Because right. as far as I can tell, this is not a card you're playing instead of Emergency Stump Shutdown. No. But over Emergency Shutdown, you don't have to make it into HQ, which is where they've probably made it really hard to get into. Well, on the downside compared to Emergency Shutdown... You have to actually break the ice, yes. Ideally, you use Emergency Shutdown on something like, oh, that Archer or Janus that I can't possibly get past that's defending some other server I need to get into. Yeah. The other thing that I really like about Crescentus is the influence costs. Because it's kind of hard to, to splash Emergency Shutdown in, in, into a deck at two. But at one, in like... A Shaper deck, sure, I'll take Crescentus if I have an extra influence. Right, I mean, especially because Shaper can very easily break through whatever they want, but it can often be expensive. So this lets you go twice in one turn instead of having a build turn and a run turn. Yeah. Let's see, the Shaper, which I think on the back of Ms. Chaos Theory seemed to be the Seems to be the runner that I've been seeing the most lately. You've got the the anti-AP king there. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> That's a pretty narrow piece of ice. It breaks Janus. Once. Yeah, but then you Crescentus to turn him off. Yeah. And it's anti-tag and bag meta. Uh, no. Oh, no. that's right, because that's meat damage. Right. Well... Hey, that's the problem with Deus Ex, is the inverse problem of the bodysuit from the last pack, is net damage comes in small amounts over time, so preventing all of one source is not nearly as helpful against net damage. Well, if you're playing against Jinteki, which, as we've been discussing, is the king of the metagame right now, I mean, it does <laughs> stop the snare or the neural katana damage. True. You'd probably rather just break the Neurokatana, but... For a memory unit and an insult? Like, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't see wanting to run that. I'll run face first into the Katana and be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'd rather break it with my face than run this card as meta. Then you just you can use the three clicks to draw the cards instead of the three clicks you would have had to have done to get the credits to install yep. the Deus Ex in the first place. And then you've got all-nighter, so you can spend a click now to get a click later. Yep. That notoriety is suddenly almost playable. Uh, Not quite, I, I, but almost. I think notoriety is still fairly playable. Just because, just again, for that, it, it changes that luck equation of if I'm a really good shaper, I can get in anywhere, but... If the corp is not giving me shots at agendas such that I'm at six points, now I just have to make two successful runs, and I I can win. Three. Eh, who counts? Who cares about archives? Yeah, but uh, All Nighter lets you play, say, two notorieties in one turn, which is True. huge. True. I like All Nighter in Shaper in that. Shaper wants the late game, so offsetting a click early game for a click late game is fairly valuable to them. I still don't know that I would actually play the card. I've 
tried playing the card. I haven't had a lot of success playing the card. I think maybe the best deck for All Nighter is that Wizard Vamp Bomb deck, where it wants to go off with the one turn of, like, four medium runs after getting rid of the corpse ability to uh, defend R&D. I don't know. Sadly, the thing that I most think of when I look at All Nighter is is to kind of meditate on really how massively asymmetrical Netrunner is. How broken, completely broken beyond belief, would All Nighter be as a corp card? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> as a as a corp card, it's five influence, and if the runner gets it, they get two agenda points. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That really has no bearing on the value of the card, but it's just sort of, uh, I guess, food for thought. Right. Well, I mean, the same way we were saying earlier that every runner deck that can plays Diesel, uh-huh. and almost nobody is playing, uh, I don't even remember the name of the card. Anonymous it's tip. Anonymous Tip. Thank you. Yeah, I'll say you, you might not even, you're certainly not going to play it out of faction, and no. my preference would be not to even play it in, in faction. I, I don't know. I, I haven't put together NBN lately. Maybe they're forced to, but uh, yeesh. I guess if you're comboing and you really yeah, I, I, I think the NBN tag and bag still wants to play it just to burn into the ta- tag because unlike the Wayland tag and bag, they don't have ways to fish it out of the deck, so they just need to draw into it. So let's see. The there's then two neutral cards. Both of them are credit generators. Do you want to start with the really good one or the really bad one? Well, okay, let's let's make sure we've got this. I think Underworld Contact, good in the right deck, Inside Man, really bad. Yes. I feel okay. like Inside Man is waiting for the right deck. I feel like it's waiting for a very hardware-heavy deck, which right. you're, you're I guess just... is going to be coming from Shaper. You're just not installing enough hardware throughout the course of the game for it to, to make back its cost. Most of the time, even if I'm Shaper, okay, I've got my console, I'm going to install that once. And if I'm Shaper, I'm going to do my string of rabbits. and Which just makes cheaper. Yes. And then maybe I've got one other piece of hardware in there? And you have to get the inside man first. first. And you have to pay three for him up front. So it's almost like I have to install the inside man and my console and something else. Well, not it's almost like that. It is that. I, I have to install the inside man at the cost of a click. And then if I install two more pieces of hardware, now I've made my money back. Because the click I used to install inside... Now, heck... Inside man, I had to spend a click to draw it, but well, it would have been something else. But I mean, I had to use a click to install it. Inside man is waiting for a deck that requires a lot of hardware. What I'm not saying it's a good card. Yeah. I'm saying it is possible that it is good in the future, but right this moment, it's terrible. Well, yeah, I mean, even with a large amount of hardware of like console plus. Three rabbit holes plus three personal touch plus three cyber feeders. I still don't know that I want an inside man. Well, because then your deck is junked up with a whole bunch of hardware. You don't have the space for it. <laughs> There's that, yes. Now, Underworld Contact seems better. 
Especially yeah, I mean, if you're Kate and you start with one link already. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Now we're, now you're really in grinded out mode, right? You get like that one from your identity that you can get, you know, one per turn, and then you get an extra one from that underworld contact. Just don't finish with the tag. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think Underworld Contact makes the Kate Cloud deck much better. That deck is still waiting for the Icebreaker we're speculating on is in the last one that is the other Cloud Icebreaker. Yep. I feel like Underworld Contact... Now, bear with me. I feel like Underworld Contact is going to make access to Global Sec a little bit more playable than it is right now. So you mean have a place at all in any deck ever, as opposed to her? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure a blank card is more playable than access to global sec. <laughs> I'm not. No, underworld contact makes access to global sec playable itself. Makes it better than a blank card. Yes. Okay. I don't know. I I I think that better than a blank card is actually not the same thing as playable, but. But yeah, this is is definitely. I think you may have opined this during a prior conversation, Kevy. But yeah, the the runners, man. I mean, there's a like there's a little bit for criminal, and then the underworld contact. And what do I really care about the rest of this? Yeah, the runners got nothing in this set. Almost nothing. This is really a core. Well, doppelganger, yes. But I mean, criminal didn't really. Right, I, mean, I, I really feel like Doppelganger is for us a, a Doppelganger deck. It's one of those cards that you almost need to build your entire deck around to take most advantage of. Well, and Doppelganger is why I said criminal a little. Crescentus yeah. is criminal too, but I'm, I don't know that that actually makes the cut. I mean, it, it's entirely possible that, what, there's three that we, think might be playable and two of those are, and it's the two criminal cards and underworld contact right yes whereas the corp Wayland got four cards that are going to be in every deck three cards three cards in every deck oversight ai government contracts and green level clearance yep yeah hb gets two marginal things but at least you could like you, it's not laughable that you would run green level clearance in faction or that you'd run hourglass in faction and that might get run out of faction. Uh, NBN at least got a decent ice. And net police is hilarious. Is hilarious and might be useful but isn't right this moment. Well, if you're saying might, might be useful but isn't right this moment, that could also be in the same category as like, Scrubber or Inside Man or, or Deus Ex where they're, okay, maybe there comes a time in the future when that. So if we're kind of discounting those. We're assuming that, like, traces are going to continue to be a thing. The biggest reason why Net Police is probably better on its face is because it is, I guess the term I like to use is it is counter meta. And all of the things being equal, counter meta is more playable than meta because if if i am doing thing x to win then i want to protect that i want to protect whatever my thing x is in this case tracing whereas if you you know that there's you as the runner you know there's going to be some amount of 
thing X out there, but you don't know how much there's going to be. Are you actually going to run into it? So it makes it much harder for you to run meta against whatever that particular strategy is. Uh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think that is why Net Police has more immediate potential than, than the other things do. I mean, yeah. Uh, so I guess that's everything in a study in static. We have any parting thoughts? Wayland won the pack. And that's not surprising because let's, I mean, if you go back, that's uh, what I've said before. Yeah. yeah, they got the identity and I think that's intentional. That whoever gets the identity in the pack is probably going to be the one to win the pack. Although in this case, not in any way because we think people are going to go play the identity. No. Uh, which is different. But it helps that they get an identity and three other cards. So they just have more chances to hit. Yeah, and it's probably not a coincidence that the uh, money-generating out-of-faction transaction ended up in this data pack. So, okay. For Jay Earl, Lucas Cook, and David Kempe, I'm Chris Stevenson. You've been listening to Strange Assembly. You can also check out Strange Assembly on our website, strangeassembly.com, or hit us up on Twitter, at Strange Assembly. I always like to get feedback so feel free to email me at chris at strangeassembly.com and happy running